1: This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 62. We're recording on Thursday, July 17th. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, and I'm here with Jeff O'Neill, and we're the editors of BookRiot.com.
0: It's a special Thursday night episode.
1: It is. I like Book Riot After Dark recordings. I'm I'm pumped.
0: Yeah, you've had Chinese food. I may have had a beverage.
1: (laughs) Ah. I am not beveraging. You're not beveraging. I've been promised a bourbon milkshake when it's over.
0: Oh dear
1: my husband has perfected the balance of ice cream milk ice and Jack Daniels it's
0: oh, very nice that sounds excellent
1: it's delicious so that's what I'm uh, I'm gonna ha- enjoy my quality time with you this evening and then I'm gonna curl up with Jack
0: uh, most people have to drink after spending any significant <laughs> time with me at all so it's not well, at I mean, all surprising typically I
1: pregame unless it's like a morning <laughs> show and then that's just not civilized <laughs>
0: um, we've got a new a newish bookwright thing to talk about real quick at the top of the show we've, we've started messing around uh, with our our own YouTube channel. And we've got a couple of videos up there. Rebecca's um, got one. She's going to do a weekly in the mail, things you got in the mail, usually things that aren't out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda, who is now a regular guest on this show and managing editor, she's got uh, a video up about um, becoming into comics, getting into comics. And we're going to have some regular stuff up there. Unfortunately. Now, let me give the URL. It's uh, youtube.com slash channel slash (laughs) UCBQQK. You know, they're really terrible URLs that you can't link to. So I guess if you want to go to YouTube and just search for Book Riot, you can do it there or you can look at the show notes here and we'll do a direct link. The show notes, as always, will be at bookriot.com slash podcast. This is episode 62. You can find a link to all the stories we talk about there. If you've got ideas for stuff we could do on YouTube, well yeah. we're looking, We've got some ideas, but we're we're playing around with we're experimenting. Nothing is set in stone. Um, we're open to some experimentation. So shoot us an email podcast at bookright if you got a uh, idea, and you can subscribe, and that means you get um, all of the videos emailed to you, or if you're a regular YouTube user, it'll show up in your dashboard there. And if you haven't screwed around on YouTube recently. Around books, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on.
1: There's so much. So it's, much.
0: Um, it's yeah,
1: overwhelming in how much great stuff there is, but in a really awesome way.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Rinsey did an introduction to. It's called. They call it BookTube, the the bookish YouTube community, and I'll put a link in the show notes there. That's a nice primer for some places to start, and you can get lost for hours um, looking at stuff on the book uh, community on yeah, YouTube.
1: Yeah, you, so, uh, you can. See me talk about the books that came in the mail this week, and watch me try really hard not to talk with my hands.
0: <laughs> you can. T- why can't you talk with your hands? I don't know <laughs> what's well, I, wrong. I, I, I can don't talk get some it.
1: with them, but I like like I'm waving them around in the air right now in, oh, in the I quiet see. solitude of my office, and so I feel that I should probably not be quite as talk with my hands emphatic All for right. the book for the booktube. So uh, there's some. Muppet arming, but, <laughs> but not full yet. I'm not sure full. they'll make an appearance on BookTube at some point. All
0: right. So let's get let's our first sponsor first. So 99designs is back. So the, the, this is great. So, so like we talked about with Squarespace, so many of us are doing stuff online. We've got creative projects. We've got side projects and um, alternate hustles that we're working on. And one thing a lot of us aren't good at is graphic design, doing logos, layouts, uh, all kinds of different things. So what 99designs does is basically it's taken the idea of putting people who need designs together and then with a community of designers looking for work to do. So what you do is you submit kind of a proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of designers, they, they, they look at it and decide if they want to submit something and then you get to pick which one and you pay for the one you pick for. So you get a design you love, you get really good. These are pros or high quality results. Um, you go to 99 com slash book, riot, You can see, you know, these are doing Book covers and also posters and yeah, all sorts of different things. It looks great.
1: if you wanted to do a coffee mug or something, you probably you know, could.
0: Dozens of designers will compete to give you the best design. You get 100% money back guarantee, so you've got a nice safety net there. Let's see, car wraps, if you're in business where you need, you know, you're driving around town or something like that. I've always wondered, hmm. that, that's one of those things I've always wondered about, like, how do you design those? Where does one get a car wrap? How does yeah. one fix one? Is it permanent? Anyway, um, I'm thinking about getting a book Riot car wrap. My car is black already.
1: Uh, we could put one on my Tonka truck.
0: Yeah, we should. Maybe we should. We should look into 99 designs. <laughs> um, and there's over three hundred thousand graphic designers in the 99 so many. design community. So many. Um, the, the go-to place to get a local design, but you can get a whole bunch of different things. Like as we said, you know, coffee mugs, calendars, any sort of things like that. Um, so here's where you go. Go to 99designs.com slash bookwrite and you get a $99 power pack of services for free. So this includes stuff like... And listings, your your listing will be in bold, it'll be above like the regular listings for people that don't have the 99 Power Pack of services. Um, It'll get featured. So all these things bring more attention to your proposal and that means more designers will submit um, work and and ninety nine design says being using these services results in about uh, almost two hundred percent more designs get submitted. So more designs means more likely you are going to find something like so. Thank you so much to ninety nine designs for sponsoring the podcast and, and uh, making that, it possible.
1: Yeah, and if you get that free ninety nine dollar uh, power pack of design stuff, if you decide to test this out and wrap your car in something or we need make a picture a of someone and, having. Please, des- we, yeah, yeah, we will talk us, about
0: it for sure. Let
1: us know. A few of you have. Seen sent us pictures of your chipotle uh literary cups and bags on Mm -hmm. twitter and so that's been fun and we will share them so please do the same with 99designs you want to get into the news
0: yeah we got the first story i'm pulling a fast one on you because you don't want to talk about well you're too modest to talk about it you know where i'm going
1: Oh, oh, now I do, and I'm blushing. Yeah, you're blushing, you're second. blushing
0: on, you're, bl- you're blushing on the radio.
1: <laughs> oh, bl- so this mm. week,
0: Flavorwire. Wire.
1: <laughs> I should have had that milkshake. Yeah, I
0: should have had that, I, I wondered, I said, I said maybe <laughs> I should tip her off. So this week, uh, Flavor Wire ran a list of the 35 writers who run the literary internet, and our own fabulous Rebecca Shinsky is on here. Uh, it's not numbered. I, is this alphabet, alphabetical? I didn't I even look. I think
1: it's uh, these are in no particular order.
0: <laughs> I, I was trying to discern, like, read the tea leaves of some weird, you know, some sort of. But uh, Rebecca is on there, uh, deservedly so, um, uh, with a, with a bunch of other great people to follow and read online. I should say as well. Um, ain't no slouches. In no, this party. and it's a
1: good Jason Diamond at Flavorwire did this list, and it is. Uh, in, even if I were not on it, I mm. would think it was, it was a good list. Um, it's a great diverse list. Um, all kinds of people Critics, doing all kinds of things, r-
0: novelists, uh, editors,
1: my fellow well redhead and also a book, right? Contributor Liberty Hardy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, people, you know, it goes all from sort of the most famous, t- uh, being like John Green and Neil Gaiman then all the way down to I, I I'm not this is not a bespers, but like Shinsky you're like a day in day out bookish internet person like you make yeah, you make book internet like it that's cu- your yeah, job it
1: runs it runs the gamut which I think is really cool um one of my best friends was like holy crap you're on a list with Cheryl Strayed <laughs> yeah. like, that's awesome but let's not confuse that with me being on par with <laughs> Cheryl right. Strayed
0: right so um it's a really good list I think I followed I had already followed all of these people in one form or another save for Melissa Broder, who's a poet that I'd never heard of before, mm. I don't know if you'd heard of her before.
1: I had not. I learned. I met some, some a couple new people through this list, that now I can follow online. So
0: if uh, you're, if you you know, these people range from Twitter power users to to Tumblr ninjas to, you know. Dig- online journalist to novelist. So whatever your particular way of consuming the bookish internet, you can find a few people um, on here to follow. All right. So well, well-deserved Rebecca. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you off the hook and we'll talk a little <laughs> more about that. On? Speaking of powerful women.
1: <laughs> oh man, it was, this was a good big week for comics.
0: Yeah. So Marvel was on sort of the uh, media tour -hmm. Promoting a couple of big changes coming to their, some of their major characters, Captain America, Thor, and I guess I saw to a lesser extent Tony Stark, um, Mm -hmm. Iron Man. So the first one, well, let me, which one of these two is bigger, the Captain America change or the Thor change? I know what I think you're going to say, but I don't know.
1: Actually, you know, I've been, I'm not sure that one. Is bigger. Mm. Um, I should maybe preface that by I'm not super familiar with like, mm. the myth, you know with the background and mythology of Captain America or with Thor. Um,
0: okay. Well, the first I, one I think so. The the I two think are maybe
1: the Captain America one is bigger. Okay,
0: Captain America. It, these are all giant spoilers. I mean, this is one thing <laughs> comics does. They like they tell you what's going to happen and that's part of the fun is following along. But so Captain America, good old Steve Rogers is apparently going to have his super soldier serum drained out of him and his longtime sidekick, boy I can't remember the the character's name but it's the Falcon
1: mm-hmm. is
0: going to take over the shield and be Captain America and his in the Falcon is black. Um if you've seen Captain America 2, that's that's the character. There. And then the other one is that Thor is going to be a, a lady. Yes! So I, I'm going to say Thor being a lady is bigger for a couple of reasons. One is we've had, so a while ago, Rhodey, Colonel Rhodes, took over as Iron Man um, who is black mm-hmm. and it's been, I think it was 20 years or so ago. So we've already kind of had that move in Marvel, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, but we've okay. had sort of one of these big Avenger levels character do a, do a, a racial switch. I, I don't think to my knowledge, and again, I know I've been a Marvel fan for a while, but I'm not a complete Spiny switch to the imagination. I don't think I've ever seen a gender flip like this, um, yeah. where, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, Apparently, the, the the being that is Thor now is going to lose the right to use the hammer for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen any of the movies even, you know that part of the gig of being Thor is you have to be worthy of holding the hammer. Um, so something's going to happen, and the, the current being will no longer be Thor, and uh, a lady is going to take over, which yes. is pretty cool.
1: I think that's pretty rad. I, I think... Um... I will have to defer to your knowledge of the Marvel universe because it definitely exceeds mine. Uh, I think that Marvel thinks that the Captain America story is bigger. I find
0: that really surprising myself.
1: And it's because... Uh, well, I think this because the Lady Thor announcement, which it, Lady Thor is my affectionate term for this, but they've been very clear that this is not about Lady Thor. It's not yeah. about feminizing. That's, this is Thor. Thor. Like this is going to this be. This is not
0: She-Hulk. This is right. This Thor. is going to
1: be um, bad lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, bad jamma. Thor. Yeah, bad mamma Jamma. Um, Thor. Just a woman. Thor, uh, not softened in any way. So, uh, if you'll permit me, Lady Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, was announced on The View, you know, like Woody Goldberg and Barbara Walters sitting around drinking coffee. This is Mm -hmm. where it was announced that Thor is going to be a woman, which I could be terribly mistaken, but I don't think there's a huge overlap in the demographic between uh, frequent watchers of The View and passionate readers of Marvel comics who are going to be stoked about a female Thor
0: well okay and then your count and, and? The, and the pieces that they announced the captain uh news the captain on the Colbert report
1: got the Colbert report um
0: well I got two I got two counters that, that may not be enough but one is Colbert actually I think has had a replica Captain America shield on set for s- several years so he's like a Cap fan and I think Chris Evans gave it to him on a promotional tour so that there could be some history there. Um the other part is if you're making Thor a lady don't and aren't you trying to get more ladies to read Thor? I mean that's what you're trying to do, right?
1: You are, but presumably you're trying to get like uh, the existing comics community to gather around it you're not necessarily trying to evangelize to non-comics readers. And now mm. I'm making sweeping generalizations about my feelings. Yeah,
0: I'd also like to know what are <laughs> that, the relative ratings right, of the Colbert that, Report and The View. I mean, right, it could that be that, that we're, probably, we're... It could uh, be. I
1: mean, I think The View thing is the uh, Disney, ABC, Marvel, yes, right. quote-unquote, synergy at work. Yeah, you know, yeah, at yeah, ABC, yeah, yeah. Marvel, and Disney all owned by the same company. And uh, and so they were like, "What? Can, where can we make an announcement about the lady Thor. I know we'll put it on the lady show. Mm. Um, It just feels a little like uh, it, I I hear what you're saying about Colbert. It makes total sense that Marvel would pitch the Captain America reveal to Colbert, especially if he is a longtime fan and and has had that shield. That makes sense. But I just wonder if they didn't think as carefully about where to put the Lady Thor announcement, or uh, if they thought about it. But I know we'll just put it on this lady talk show. Like, mm. also maybe part of the problem is that there's not a cool equivalent of Colbert hosted yeah, by a woman do, with a primarily where female would you audience.
0: Go like why for couldn't you that? also
1: announce this on Colbert? Why well, because they both? want a
0: couple different you don't you don't you got to dole these out, man. You can't shoot them both on one.
1: So John Stewart could have one?
0: Yeah, maybe. I guess I your point is <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I don't know. I just don't quite trust the intentions that landed the Lady Thor reveal on the view.
0: Okay, fair. I that seems completely fair to me. Um uh, the other, I heard that I don't know where this was announced. This is certainly not big enough news to take on a talk show. But Tony Stark, I guess, is going to have some sort of change in worldview. So I, I don't know what that hmm. means. You know, your guess is as good as mine. As long uh, as he's not
1: going to like become an unbad boy.
0: I don't know. I don't know. The philanthropist, it. It could be, Playboy. He could be a. Um, maybe he's going to be a Quaker.
1: <laughs> I would read the crap out of Tony Stark you know, Quaker.
0: Tony Stark Quaker is going to be um uh
1: The Quaker Day.
0: He's gonna be wooden man. <laughs> Not as powerful. Not as
1: powerful. See, Jeb, this is why evening shows this, are just...
0: I, know, I know. Well, we don't <laughs> actually have a crazy amount of news, so we gotta we gotta spread this out. Uh so those are the those comic, are... comic news. We don't do yeah, comic I news very often. It was
1: a good week for comics and it was a good week for mm-hmm. diversity in comics. Um which is a thing we're thinking, like we're, we're constantly thinking about and talking about diversity in books and comics yes. are part of the book world and part of reading. And I just finally, tonight, like an hour ago, started reading Ms. Marvel, mm. um, which is a reboot of the old Ms. Marvel. But this time around, it's a, a young Pakistani girl who gets to turn into Ms. Uh-huh. Marvel. And it's yeah, very cool. I've
0: heard the new Ms. Marvel is excellent. I'm going to get around to that at some point. I don't know when, but I'm there's going only to six try.
1: issues out. So you oh, can...
0: I can knock that out, boy. That, yeah, that's not a problem.
1: Right. That um, was like, I'm a, I, you're my break tonight in between, and then I'm just going to read the rest of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> With my milkshake. With your
0: milkshake. It brings um, all the
1: superheroes to the yard.
0: I, I guess. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I guess the big news this week in the regular publishing world is that. Uh, Amazon didn't announce, but there were leaks about their new subscription service, which is going to be called Kindle Unlimited. Mm -hmm. Um, And it hasn't been officially unveiled yet, but like The Verge and GigaOM and some other places got... This feels very controlled leaky yeah, to me. Yeah, like, it's
1: not they're like, the story was accidentally leaked, but like I have watched enough West Wing now to know that leaks <laughs> are not accidental. Yeah,
0: someone didn't actually turn on the Kindle Unlimited page and oops, a bunch of tech reporters just happened. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Buy that These for stories a they
1: just generated themselves.
0: So it's Kindle Unlimited. Um it's like uh, our beloved Oyster in that it's nine ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Um From what I've seen across the stories, there's been, you know, there's a video um, about it that was pulled magically from the leak, you know, it's like, and as far as we can tell, um, it's claiming 600,000 titles, but no big five yet. That's the right. that's the top line yeah, story. Yeah, six
1: hundred thousand titles and thousands of audiobooks. So the six hundred thousand titles gives Kindle Unlimited a bigger library yeah. than Oyster and Scribd have. But
0: remember, they've got access to their right. own titles. Uh, yes, and right, right, and, and and
1: it says thousands of audiobooks, but also the origins of those remain. Unknown, I guess, probably audiobooks first that were produced by Amazon and Audible. Yeah. But having audiobooks puts it. Nah, that's interesting. That makes it different from Oyster and Scribd, but they don't have any publisher participation yet. Uh, Oyster has HarperCollins and Simon & Schuster. Scribd has some of the big five on board as well. And so that's going to be the big piece Mm-hmm. Is uh, And sort of all the commentary that I've read has indicated, and I think it's right, that that will be the, the linchpin here is it, if publishers will participate in this Kindle Unlimited program, then Amazon will have something. Uh, and if the big five, or at least a few of them, don't sign on and give permission for their books to be included in it mm-hmm. then amazon will likely not have something or at least not have something that could that could take a swing at oyster and scribd uh, man but if i'm a I mean, publisher
0: i don't touch this with a 10 foot pole yeah i mean why you know, would i do this you
1: gotta wonder what these what the negotiations are going to be like for this like uh Ugh. either you either you allow us to put X number of your titles in the Kindle Unlimited program, or your buy buttons will disappear. Like, they, or I guess they, or will stop. Se- like, if they make inclusion in Kindle Unlimited or participation in Kindle Unlimited a condition of Amazon's uh, willingness to sell and distribute any of the publisher's books.
0: Yeah, or they could they could give you a higher royalty rate on eBooks if you do. Per- I mean, there's a couple of things they could do. Yeah, like there, that.
1: there are a lot of ways that they could. Spin these discussions. Um, it was interesting that this story came out th- because I think yesterday, Tuesday or Wednesday, mm. this week, and it's been a kind of a slow week for books. Um, Les Moonves um, at Simon and Schuster and the. Uh, what is the name of the company that owns Simon Oh, is Schuster? it Viacom? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, he commented to the press at some point that Simon & Schuster were in talks with Amazon. And that's literally like all the news was, was that Simon & Schuster was talking or negotiating with Amazon about something. Yeah, don't and quote <laughs> like, was like,
0: Bezos has a way that he thinks publishing should be.
1: Yeah, and it was like, we don't know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is... The Simon and Schuster version of what's been going on between Amazon and Hachette—we don't know if it was about this Kindle Unlimited thing that they were like, who knows? Right. Uh, But at some point, Simon and Schuster was talking to them about something, Uh, and it could have been this. Um, Simon and Schuster is one of the publishers that's on with Oyster, Um, so that could happen. Our Our pal Nate, who runs the Digital Reader, uh, which is a site all about uh, technology and particularly publishing technology, um, has quotes from the CEOs of Oyster and Scribd. Mm Eric Stromberg, who runs Oyster, and we should say, like, we both love Oyster. Yes, we do. Used, we've met we've,
0: Eric ourselves personally. Right. We've
1: used it since it launched. All um, the
0: disclosure in the world. Yeah.
1: They've sponsored uh, some shows. We've loved it for a long time before that ever happened, but uh, I got to give him props. This is a good statement. Uh, he says they're not surprised that Kindle has done this. Uh, they have pivoted from transactional to subscription based in other media and have had limited success. They really paved the way in ebooks, and it's exciting to see them embrace the market we created as the future of books. Uh, mm. That's real diplomatic shade.
0: <laughs> yeah, that definitely is. I mean, I, I was thinking about this uh, on Twitter, sort of thinking with, um, you know, in public about it. And it is interesting that Amazon is late to the game relatively speaking, behind Oyster and Scribd. Normally, this is the kind of thing you would think they would have been ahead on. Like, they do Kindle Worlds, Kindle Lending Library, mm-hmm. um, a couple other things like that. Well, so
1: it's, it's probably the publisher participation.
0: Maybe that's it. Maybe they've been saying, we're not going to do this with publisher participation, and they see Oyster and Scribd getting some publisher participation. They're like, we got to nip this in the bud
1: maybe to some degree. I mean, it seems like... Uh- Way back, like more than a year ago, when we first launched the show, one of the very first stories we talked about was uh, that Amazon was rolling out the Kindle match. Where, mm. when you bought print editions of Boy, some books. Boy, that's gone nowhere. Right. When you bought print editions of some books from participating publishers, you would get with your print edition the bundled mm-hmm. ebook, a way to download the well, book. Well, and HarperCollins
0: was on board for that, I remember, because yeah, Gaiman and a couple of Game titles right, were on there. Either,
1: it was either for free or at a super, super, super discount. discount. And they were even doing it, uh, sort of grandfathering in previously purchased things. Remember, like, didn't you yeah, download all I did. I like, downloaded years all, years all my. Of I did. like records? went back to
0: 2003. Uh, and there was a strikingly few yeah. available.
1: And and nothing happened with that. So it, it, I don't know. This conversation feels kind of like that conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, a couple side points about it. If Amazon wanted to do this, I wonder if they thought about buying Oyster um, why, you know, maybe they think they can roll it themselves. Maybe Oyster has some clauses in their contracts with publishers. If they're acquired, those mm-hmm. those contracts are right. nullified, so it doesn't do Amazon any good anyway if they're getting publisher resistance. Um, the valuations might be crazy. I know Oyster has taken more, mm-hmm. at least um, double-digit millions in uh, – Funding. So, yeah, and Scribd and it, and is a big right, company now yeah, too. Yes, Scribd
1: has taken on development funding. They're doing well. Scribd is available internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, Oyster is not yet available internationally. There's. Yeah, I wonder I, I have wondered that same thing of... Because uh, they
0: bought Goodreads, they bought conversology. Right, yeah, that shit this, is cheap, right? I mean right, that's they, the way it goes.
1: They have a Amazon has a history of seeing the best thing in a space. Mm-hmm. And rather than trying to roll their Audible, own, just a, acquiring that ABE thing right? books. Audible and Goodreads are both the most recent examples. But right, ABE books. This is it's not new. So it's interesting that they've made this choice of trying to roll their own um and see where they can get with it, rather than acquire one of those, and I suspect like you're like you're saying that there are good reasons for that, probably technical, contractual, super secret. Yeah, and then the reasons. the larger
0: point that it got me thinking about too is when's the last time Amazon launched a book related thing that worked and was great?
1: The Kindle.
0: That's I mean yeah, that's the last one, right? Mm-hmm. And then the. Kindle Paperwhite's good, but that's an iteration. Kindle Fire is an iteration on a tablet. I wouldn't call right. that a new thing. They bought Goodreads. They didn't do that themselves. Nope. They bought Comixology. They bought Audible. They bought Audible. Um, they just they, so Kindle Match. I think we can call that a failure. Kindle yeah. Worlds probably really? too early to call it a failure, but boy, it's sure sort of looking that way.
1: Yeah, it's not lending it
0: library. That hasn't. I mean, who do we know anyone that does that seriously in any no. given way? Um, self The self-publishing has been great, and that's sort of a Kindle it's sort of a separate thing, I think, to some degree. It's mm-hmm. not like taking the existing market and trying to do something new around books. That self, they've they've definitely, but that goes, I think, hand in hand with the Kindle. So yeah, they don't, they haven't had a big hit or something really cool and new on the book side that they're buying. Their they're buying yeah, their I innovation.
1: Think, I think that Amazon is doing some of what we criticize publishers for doing frequently which is trying to solve their own Mm -hmm. problems rather than trying to solve Like the
0: phone like who cares about that Right
1: rather than trying to solve readers problems and Amazon's problem right now Mm -hmm. is um, pulling attention away from the existing subscription models and trying to establish mind share of their own uh, Mm -hmm. or introduce people who already are passionate and you know frequent Kindle users to the notion of subscribing to books and getting them to subscribe to Kindle before to Kindle Unlimited before they subscribe Mm -hmm. to Oyster Script locking them further into that Ecosystem, but I don't know that this is a thing that Kindle users are going to that they want or at the, or that they're going to respond to if there's no participation from the publishers who. Produce why would you? Most I don't understand why would you do it. That that Kindle readers read. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Um, I
0: mean, it would be a force if they had a few of the big publishers. I mean, make no mistake. Um, if they could get a few of the big five.
1: I mean, even if they just got Penguin Random House, that's fifty percent. What they publish, what fifty percent of the trade titles, forty to fifty
0: percent of trade titles, yeah. In something any year, like that.
1: Uh, even if it was just backlist, they have that huge Penguin Classics backlist. Um, it's no, it's worth noting that Penguin Random House hasn't participated in Scribd or Oyster that's yet. That's true. So those that considerable catalog mm. is up for grabs. Uh, we both kind of suspect that Penguin Random House is also trying to roll their own. That's what I would do.
0: That's exactly what I would do. But yeah, one own. of
1: one big hit like that uh, could make this much more appealing. But I think until you have some big publisher participation, unless you're going to market Kindle Unlimited to the people who are buying yeah. primarily self-published books and sort of set it up as a, another marketing arm for mm-hmm. self-published authors... And that's a whole other kind of audience and a whole other kind of marketing. Maybe there is a
0: market for that. And all you can eat, you know, that's Amazon titles, some of the other smaller publishers, like I think Scholastic's on there. That's one of, Mm -hmm. um, you can, like the Harry Potter books apparently are on there from what's been said in Lord of the Rings and some other things. So, I mean, that should, it's interesting. it's It's an interesting kind of phenomenon where it should be giant news, but it just isn't. Because right. there's no there there, even though the number is six digits. Right, yeah. If
1: they had a couple of big publishers, this would be a story that would have broken out beyond books. And you'd see, like, I think, you know, you'd see people on the Today Show or something. Mm-hmm. be like, And now, you know, readers for the summer can <laughs> subscribe to the Kindle Unlimited program. And they can get this book and that other book and that thing for your book club and the latest title that everybody's talking about. Right. But, read but, Harry yeah,
0: Potter. You're the last person in the world interested <laughs> in something like this that hasn't read Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, there's no there there is... Is is more the headline here. And it's like it's the middle of July. If if Amazon had something, they'd have dropped it when there was mm-hmm. when it wasn't the middle of July, like in the in a new cycle to which people actually pay attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just find it interesting that for all the, you know, Sturm and Drong in the publishing world about Amazon, it's really cheap books online in the Kindle. That's the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not complicated. It's not like Google search algorithms or something which none of us can understand. I mean, it's they sold cheat books, and they, and I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate it. I'm just saying it's very simple. Like, it's not like some crazy complicated. They didn't make the iPhone, which is an integration of a lot of different technologies and patents <laughs> and innovations, like e-ink readers e-books they go hand in hand and cheap physical books online well, that's in- it
1: right and i think you know amazon also see it it seems huge because it is huge but it seems huge because it's disrupted so many yeah. different industries but it's done the exact same thing in all of them. Like right. um, a, a good friend of mine here in Richmond is a graphic designer and works for a small local company that does something that's completely unrelated to books. It mm-hmm. has absolutely nothing to do with media. But they have a product that they're trying to sell to a pretty specialized audience. And she said they sat around a table in a meeting last week and said, what can we do with the way that we present this product and how can we spice it up? Because our primary competition is people come back and say, I can get it on Amazon cheaper and it'll get here faster. Yeah. So why should I buy it from you. And that's what Amazon did to books. That's what they've done to this industry my friend works in. They did it to hardware. They did it to diapers for your kid's store. But it's the one thing. They have just repeated this one thing that they're good at over and over. And there hasn't been, there hasn't really been another big hit from them other than the creation of the Kindle um, within publishing. Yeah. And and their real strength is eBooks
0: still. I mean, they have a lion's share of uh, the eBook market and And not as much of print.
1: Maybe there's some recognition there in-house about how it's been a while since they've had a hit, and that's what's mm-hmm. driving some of the strong arm I think negotiating so. tactics that we're hearing. I but think so,
0: because the other, the other failure we haven't really t- – I mean, it's not a failure. It just hasn't been a breakout. Hit is their own publishing efforts, their own sort of – Traditional publishing efforts, where they pay advances for books mm-hmm. and royalties, and you know they can't get them in stores—Barnes and Noble and carriers. Good luck getting an independent bookstore to carry Amazon titles,
1: right? Or to um, give you a, an event.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I can't speak to the quality of the titles. I don't know if it's anything about that. They just—they they can't get any traction outside of Amazon. And yeah, there's still a, a lot of book behind that happens outside of Amazon. Yeah,
1: and they've had a, a heck of a time attracting authors away from their existing That's an publishers. That's
0: excellent. Excellent point. Um,
1: I think Penny Marshall, who was yeah. on what was Timothy Ferris. Shirley? right? Timothy And Farris which is a notorious failure, right? Like yeah, um, Jessica Valenti, who's a feminist writer mm-hmm. that I follow and really enjoy, did one of her books um, through New Harvest, which is an Amazon imprint. Um, and I don't know why she made that decision. She uh, she was published by I think uh, Perseus previously, um, but they, th- those are the like those are the names. Those are the only ones I've got, those three <laughs> yeah. um, are people with any kind of like real recognition and following that have published through Amazon's version of traditional publishing. Um I know there are others. Those are the ones that I'm
0: Well, I mean I mean, I mean it's not like we don't pay attention. Like you'd think if there was a big right, kid we would but know about it. Yeah,
1: it's not like Amazon has lured James Patterson. Away, or has snagged like a Nicholas Sparks or a Cormac McCarthy, or Dan Brown, or Dan Brown, or Lemony Snicket, or J.K. Mm -hmm. Rowling, like someone who can, who really, whose sales really affect what happens Mm -hmm. in publishing. Um, You know, Random House got E.L. James after a huge self-publishing success. You have to wonder if Amazon went in there too and tried to to get her uh, as a, like, we understand what self-publishing is about and now we're going to publish you or if that, how I don't know how that went down, but they have not succeeded and they've been trying for a while uh, to make their publishing arm uh, not just about an alternative to do-it-yourself self-publishing, but also, you know, more of a prestigious, on par with traditional publishers thing.
0: Yeah, so, I mean... And again, if they thought subscription ebooks was going to be a thing, why didn't they do it three years ago? Like people have mm-hmm. been talking, we've been talking about ourselves for several years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's been
1: just, I think it's been just about a year, maybe not quite since
0: September, Oyster, I think. September 13th. Yeah, 13. since Oyster
1: launched. And by the time that happened, we were like, yeah, oh, thank we'll praise you. Praise the little fishes, finally. Thank
0: you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so there's that. Let's go back to the fall of the House of Lee. Oh, um, poor
1: Harper Lee, man
0: So you're going to talk I think this you have this lined up yeah, in books can, to talk about well. But there's a new book out this week Called oh, The Mockingbird
1: Next Door The Mockingbird Next Harper Door Lee.
0: So a journalist um, Maja, uh, Mar- Marja Marja Miles She moved down
1: <laughs> To <laughs>
0: Alabama Next door to Harper Lee's sisters Subtle yeah, subtle. And lived in, there for in 18 2004, months.
1: 2004, yeah.
0: And sort of palled around with them, went to McDonald's and the laundromat and all that sort of, I guess, ingratiating yourself, stalking, whatever you know, verb you want to use, and is writing a book about Harper Lee and the Lee sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harper Lee has come out with a letter saying, uh, I didn't cooperate. With this right. and anyone to say, the, the direct quote is, um, rest assured, as long as I'm alive, any book purporting to be w- with my cooperation mm-hmm. is a falsehood.
1: And apparently this is not the first of this. Yes. It's just the first time that this has been in the news since we've been paying attention to these kinds of news. Uh, but Penguin Press acquired the book in 2011 and Harper Lee issued a statement then uh, that... as she's stating, Marja Mills did not have uh, her and her sister's permission to tell their story. This was not authorized. Um, But Penguin Press rolled on, printed the book, didn't make any changes. And uh, this Entertainment Weekly piece notes uh, that now, uh, with its release, Lee has written this letter and, and reminded us that nothing has changed on her and She's still not okay with this. It's so interesting that Penguin Press isn't talking about this at all.
0: Well, what are you going to say? Harper Lee's a liar? Good luck with that. Well, I mean, I don't, as a PR. They had move, three
1: years to think about it. Like,
0: well, maybe you just say, uh, what were you they, let like, the bios, st- like, Mill says, this is what I did, here's what happened, let the public... I mean, I don't know.
1: I mean, or maybe. Man, I'm going to put on my cynical hat for a second, but maybe Penguin Press three years ago was like Harper Lee is 85 and maybe she, you know, she's in ill health. Mm -hmm. Maybe by the time the book comes out, Harper Lee will not be in a position where she can argue with us. Yeah,
0: I don't know the answer to that. Um, So Mills moved there in 2004 and like she hung out with Harper Lee. That's what she says. And Harper Lee's letter doesn't deny that. Mm -hmm. It just said the book is not written with my cooperation. Not that I didn't tell her anything, not that I don't know her. Um, So so, it's
1: based on false pretenses, which is interesting. Which
0: might mean I thought this lady was helping me do my laundry, Mm -hmm. and I didn't notice her notepad or, or, you know, whatever. Like, she didn't know what was going on. So this was 10 years ago, 2004, uh, 18 months so, 2004 to sometime in 2006, so it's been a while. Um, This is weird. I don't know yeah, what to say it is about weird. This. And there
1: was a Penguin Press and Marja Mills did both release statements, but they're the most like non-committal thing that I, you know, they're yeah. like really non-statement statements. It's like celebrity apologies for things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, they're, they're not sorry. They're just kind of sorry that she feels this way.
0: Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I think yeah. it sounds to me like what happened is she moved down there. She was the neighbor next door. She's sitting on the porch, getting to know them, like a new neighbor. It's the South. You get mm-hmm. to know your neighbors. She, I think, again, I don't know anything, but I'm just assuming that there's a way both sides could be telling the truth here. Yeah. And that way is that Mills never said, by the way, I moved down here to, to get info to write a book.
1: Mm-hmm. Shady. That's Shady.
0: It is, especially, I mean, she's 80 years old. I mean, she's been in seclusion. Not in seclusion, but she hasn't wanted to talk.
1: She doesn't give interviews. She doesn't give
0: interviews. You know she would have said, or you would have surmised it because you didn't say that, hi, you know, I'd like to come down and spend some time and write a book about you and your sisters. Lee would have clammed up, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. all we can assume. Um, So, uh, you know, it's... It's too bad, you know, it's one of those deals where <laughs> Lee's like, Lee's lifetime of not giving interviews kind of backfired.
1: And it it's that thing where something forbidden is even more appealing I think. Right, and that's what I mean. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a like it's it presents this challenge now to journalists and the older that Harper Lee gets and the longer that she goes without giving interviews or authorizing a biography, the more appealing that's going to mm-hmm. be like to you know or more tempting it will be to be the writer who somehow cracks it and gets the story or who can at least make it look like you cracked it and got the story and spent time with her it's it's interesting it's you know, too bad
0: i think it's i, I think want, bad yeah, job can, mills is where i'm going with this yeah That's where my, can we have
1: a kickstarter for like the leave harper lee the f alone yes. fun
0: like we could build one of those stephen domes around <laughs> her have, house
1: we have literally been talking about harper lee since the very first episode of this show it's and it true feels, <laughs> and it feels like every month something new happens where someone is trying to take where she says that someone is trying to take advantage of her or something has happened mm-hmm. with her agent or something has happened with her copyright or the museum in her town is you know, benefiting from her name and her relation to it and she doesn't want that to happen like i mean just it is why? Kind, it
0: is kind of a perfect storm of being interested in an author i mean she writes this book which whenever we do a poll it's in the top five of whatever like, it's most hated, most loved, most influential, most read, most given to my great-niece. Like, right, yeah. it's, it's just, it's totemic as an American. Most
1: powerful thing, and, your favorite And thing. she's
0: alive. Like, it's... Right. She's a living legend, and I don't use that lightly. Like, you think of Harper Lee kind of in the same breath as, like, Twain, or Fitzgerald, or Hemingway, mm-hmm. um, or Ellison, like... But she's alive, which is so weird in a way. And it's the one book. She knows Capote. She's not talk. So, like, of course, she's a magnet for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like that Mills did this. There's nothing about this I like.
1: Yeah, that was – it's on the new books list for the week because it's a new book that came out that – is out, and people yeah. might, might want to know that it was out, but yeah, I don't
0: like it either. So I think the way, I, I'm not going to read the book, but if you're interested in, I'm guessing that the stories in it are probably true. Like, I think Mills probably did get this stuff out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ethics of it are just just terrible. Like, on the other yeah, hand, it's like, it's all kind of this thing about we talk about whenever someone has, like... Um, you know, someone's died, and they said, "Burn this last book." Like, mm-hmm. uh, or Dickinson famously said about her poems, or Virgil said about the Aeneid, like, "Aeneid, like, burn this. I don't want anyone to see this." And fortunate, I think, for literary history, they didn't. Well, that's kind of an ethical gray area, right? Because, yeah. like yes, they should have burned and respected their wishers. On the other hand, we would be impoverished, which maybe you could make the same argument from Mill's point of view. It's well, like, yes, I, I went mean, about this in a bad way, but on the other hand, look at these stories we wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Yeah, but the flip side is that we wouldn't know what we were missing. Like, what we, I guess, would be impoverished without the but we wouldn't know, and there might have been something else that, that took that, Place of significance. That's the old.
0: If you went back in time and killed Hitler, there'd be worse Hitler. Canon.
1: Well, yeah. And now that I've seen Back to the Future, <laughs> I am an expert on these questions. Like our, our dear friend Amanda Nelson has been charged with deleting all of my text messages if I die mm. suddenly. And if she does not, those things get published. It is not for the good of, of humanity. I, I just think th- where I fall in that ethical gray area is that you respect the wishes of the creative person. you know, like publishers, uh, Ask us to destroy or throw away um, advanced copies mm-hmm. of books when we're fin- printed ones um, when we're finished reading them, rather than selling them or like donating them to shelters or or whatever. Because their preference is that an author's work not be put out into the world like to consumers um, and it, when it's in less than polished format. And often early copies have typos or they change. Yeah, things well, and but stories. what about this?
0: What if a meteor strikes the publishing house and all that remains are the uncorrected galleys? You still don't throw them in the bonfire. Right. You keep those.
1: Right. But I think that's a like that is less of a gray area than the what do you do with the work of a person who is deceased who said, please burn this and never publish it when I die. Like if we're concerned about putting authors unfinished work from galleys out into the world or having non-industry readers interact with work that's not finished and ready, then we should definitely be concerned about this thing that an author wrote that for whatever reason they didn't want. Published. Um, I, I don't know. I feel just weird. No, about- I
0: definitely feel weird about it. But I feel weird about it because there's kind of a push me, pull you in my yeah, soul, which is like, would I feel differently if like <laughs> she held on for twenty years to the book
1: mm-hmm. and waited
0: for the Lee sisters to to pass on? I think I would feel a little bit differently. She says I went down there and I talked to them, but they didn't willingly participate. So I didn't want to do it while they were. I mean, I guess that's still bad, but not as bad.
1: It's what? It's less bad because they're not around to find out that you screwed them.
0: I don't. I'm of the if you're dead, you can't get screwed. Opinion. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know. I. It,
1: oh no, no, I agree with that. But it's like it's it's only less bad because the people that you did the thing to are no longer capable of knowing you did the bad thing. I guess they them. don't.
0: They don't feel the betrayal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They don't feel it like. Because what are we really protecting? It's Harper Lee's wishes, right? That's the thing it's res- being...
1: I think it's respect.
0: Well, right. That in part, and that is, and that you manifest the respect for her by respecting her wishes, right? Mm-hmm. Does Harper Lee's individual wish outweigh sort of the cultural interest in this figure that they've come to adore in this book, they've come to love? Like... I don't know. I think it's it's very hard for me to come up with a clear answer, except to feel icky well, about it.
1: I mean, the culture might be interested, and they certainly are interested, but being interested in a thing doesn't give you, uh, it doesn't entitle you to the answer that you are interested in. Right.
0: On the other hand, if you went and talked to somebody and they lived next door to you for two years, Mm-hmm. And what if what if Mills was just some random who happened to live next door and got to know them and say, "You know, I should turn this into a book?" That's different, right?
1: Well, yeah. So like on a couple angles, like if she just moved in next door, didn't know that Harper Lee lived there, got to know them, thought these are wonderful stories." I'd like to tell them. Hopefully, that person would be the kind of person who would ask permission to tell those stories first and would but respect... I, but
0: we know that doesn't happen when people know, do I'm all sorts saying, of auto-memoirs and biographies. Would you
1: just yeah, let me gather my wool for a okay, minute? Okay, all right.
0: No, I, I, I'm <laughs> arguing with you because I feel the same way. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, like... It just doesn't... The math doesn't work up. I mean, I'm not a it's, utilitarian, but, like, yeah. the math of, like tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird was rated the most famous novel in Britain. Like, we're not just talking about high school kids. Like, there's a worldwide interest in Harper Lee and To Kill a Mockingbird. And
1: the whole
0: weight of all of that on one side of the scale somehow doesn't at least nullify the wrongdoing of not saying, I don't know.
1: Satisfying the interest, whether it's prurient or not, and some of it might be, uh, doesn't, I don't think that nets humanity a good. Like, if you wanted to take the scale and the utilitarian thing, it's like, well, it's one person's wishes versus the wishes of a bunch of people who are really super interested in this thing. But in order to provide the answer to this thing, it's that, like, the future of humanity does not hinge on finding out Harper Lee's personal Stories, you know, we're not like it's not like you can cure cancer if you find out the Harper well, Lee story. Well, yeah, and
0: nothing at all hinges upon Harper Lee keeping them mystery except her desire to keep them. And like, it's like weird, right? Like, other
1: than on humans choosing to like not be turds and in you know, befriend famous reclusive people for the purposes of telling their stories without being honest about who they are and why they're yeah. there. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, the, the, the thing you, you forget is that Mills is collecting royalties, and I'm sure she'll share all mm-hmm. of them with the oh, Lee sisters. yes,
1: I'm certain that that's... She can donate them to that museum that used to own, yeah. To tokillamockingbird.com. Now, would that
0: change her? Like, <laughs> if she says, I'm donating all the royalties to a literacy organization. Like, I'm doing this just for... In fact, it's anonymous. I'm not even putting my name to it. You don't even Man. know who I am.
1: At this point, it's still like that's like, and I'm sorry that I did this thing that I shouldn't have done, and so I'm going to atone for it by not profiting off of my bad intentions. Like she, she went into this with what seemed to be not good intentions, and if you were just the neighbor who had gotten to know her and wanted to tell the stories, I think the intention there is different, and it it could go with, it could go the way of respecting her. Uh, decline of permission to publish it she might have given permission for someone no. that she has known and trusted a long time come on you, I mean, you know you you've been never, following the lee saga no, this is like this is just like the stinkiest turd in the publishing punch bowl i week. don't know about
0: th- i mean i'm sure we could come up with stinkier turds than this but it's very for weird the it's just a Life it's so it's just lee. so
1: it's weird i don't i'm I think we will all be fine if we never get to hear these stories about Harper Lee. We might be a little bit sad, but we'll all survive. We'll have plenty of other books to read. There's something really pleasant about wondering stuff. There's something enjoyable about mystery and intrigue about a person. Yeah. Well,
0: the other part is this will this will not sate our interest in Harper Lee. Like, n- right. no one would read this book and think, like, you know what? I'm all done.
1: Right. That's all I'm I all mean. I got.
0: I'm out. I'm no longer interested.
1: Which, in, I mean, that's also Mark concerning. In. If nothing happens to Mills, if people buy this book, book and like now she's successful for finding a sneaky way to write a book about Harper Lee, that's incentive to to other people to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. I don't even know, I guess I know very little about intellectual property and can you just, if someone tells you something, you can just write it. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of weird in a way. It's like, (laughs) I guess it's, I guess that's how it works. It's if you say someone to someone in, Private, you, you're free to recount that,
1: right? And um, then you can be upset that they betrayed you. Yeah, and you or you could claim that. The moral they of the story here is: don't talk to that
0: chatty neighbor who just moved in. Right. <laughs> that's the. That's what we really learned.
1: If you're famous in any way, don't talk to your. It is weird
0: though, you know, isn't it? That like lady who's even... reclusive, or not reclusive? She just doesn't give <laughs> interviews. Like befriended the neighbor and just sort of like spilled her guts. Like that is kind of weird.
1: I mean, you don't. Also, we haven't read it, so we don't know how much gut spilling yeah. there was. Well, let's
0: assume for a moment there is, because if there's not, yeah. then the whole thing is kind of I mean, there's moot.
1: probably something there, but...
0: I wonder, that, you know, I wonder who, if there's like I just, a whole circle of people around Harper Lee that know stuff, that just don't say anything out of respect for her.
1: Yeah, like you, you're you in the circle of trust. Yeah,
0: that she maybe she chats about... How Capote ripped off in cold blood from someone else, and I mean, like just no one said anything I it.
1: I think you'd have to, like, as a a human who knows things and has had eighty eight years of life. Well, or
0: your Pinchin, who just sort of no one's seen a photograph of, and like for like you really right. are, you shut it down. Um,
1: but it's like you know, celebrities in New York, most neighborhoods in New York, it's yeah, are, people are pretty cool about there being a celebrity nearby you know like you could sure, like, be famous and stand in the coffee shop but someone might tweet about how they saw you in that coffee shop like um meg ryan right and tom, oh this is a thing you're going to be excited about meg ryan and tom hanks are in richmond right now filming a movie that's
0: so weird
1: <laughs> together jeff and I mm. see people in my Twitter feed like, oh, my God, we came to brunch and Meg Ryan just walked yeah, in. Yeah, but Meg
0: Ryan is going to be like, hey, let's go do the laundromat and I'm going to tell you some stories from the set of one Harry uh, Like, it's just weird. Yeah,
1: but and like if you're Meg Ryan, you're aware of the Internet and you're pretty savvy. And so if you are standing at the laundromat talking to people, you're probably being pretty selective about what you're saying to them because you know there's a good chance it's going on the Internet somewhere. I
0: wonder what story Mills, like what did she say she was there for? I don't know. Like, what did she, is, am I here teaching? Of, like, uh, I, I ran away from a uh, Maybe we should,
1: we should read this and try to find hmm. out. I don't know. Hmm. Can someone read this book on behalf of all yeah, of us, Yeah, shoot please? us an email.
0: Like, um, don't tell us how much, uh, check it out from the library. There you go. I do something like that. <laughs> My week I really got into that. I was into that.
1: I know. I was all <laughs> I was into
0: that too. We're kind of running out of time. Yeah,
1: let's talk about um a sponsor. our we got second a sponsor, sponsor yeah. and then we we have a cool thing of the week. Uh, Random House Audiobooks is back as our sponsor this week and uh, summer is the perfect time for it to check out audiobooks if you haven't been an audiobook listener before, if you're looking for a way in or if you're an avid audiobook fan, you know what uh, what that goodness is all about. But if you are going on a road trip with your family, if you have a daily commute, you walk the dog. Uh, I know you like to listen to audiobooks while you wash dishes. Uh, I've been trying them out uh, while I'm cooking. But really, whatever you're Mm -hmm. doing, there is a way... Uh, to incorporate an audiobook into it. And audiobooks are much more flexible that way than print books are. Um, in what you can, you know, what you can be doing, like multitasking while reading. Yes, That's what I'm trying to exactly. say. You can multitask much more effectively with an audiobook than you can if you're trying to read something in print or on a screen. Uh, and Random House knows this. So you can go to tryaudiobooks.com. You can get free downloads. You can use a tool that they have where you tell them how long of an audiobook you're looking for. Like if you just picked out a new pattern for a thing you're going to knit, you can say, my pattern says it should take me four hours, and I'm looking for a four-hour-long funny audiobook. And it will spit out some recommendations of audiobooks that fit those uh, particular parameters so that you can give it a shot um, for gardening for cooking you know you name it they have categories for it at tryaudiobooks.com and it, i just there's kind of nothing else that we can say besides audiobooks are really great Yes. <laughs> if you've been on the fence about trying them or if it's somehow just never occurred to you to try them or you've thought uh, that listening to a book wouldn't work for you um, you're listening to a podcast and listening to a book is pretty similar i had another
0: idea for another place you might want to listen to an audiobook at Tell the me. grocery store, ah. Target or, tar- or Walmart, mm-hmm. um, you're walking around. Great time yep. to listen to an audiobook. You're, you know what? Anytime you're listening to this podcast, you could be listening to an audiobook. But <laughs> I, I think you'll find that there are there just are weird pieces of time where you're not fully using your brain. You're doing mm-hmm. something else, and uh, so we've, well, this is what I've provided for you so far for for audiobooks, video games, sports. Yep. Yep. Gardening, lawn care, cooking, shopping, commuting. What, I, I don't know what else you want. From I,
1: I listen to them when I'm working on spreadsheet type yeah. stuff for, Doing for the work. Like, yeah. Things that you can, uh, you know, tune in. I can't listen to an audiobook like while I'm trying to write something or write email, but that's how my brain works. I would start typing out the words I was listening to. But uh, if you're looking at stuff online, you know, checking twitter doing online shopping mm-hmm. poking around on etsy messing <laughs> with your pen like messing with your Pinterest page, scrapbook whatever whatever you're doing um you can
0: so we a pick. incorporate pick. An i gotta pick. Uh, i haven't okay. to listened to it i i'm the last uh person in the world to uh read gone girl the, la- oh,
1: the last, one. last one last <laughs> one
0: and I was asking, I can't. I feel like
1: there's, there's a merit badge. I can't for that. pick
0: it up and print for some reason. I don't like scary stories. I know it's not really scary, but bear with me. I'm, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, maybe audiobook because I have, I have more time in my life for audiobooks. And so I asked on Twitter if anyone had read, uh, or excuse me, listened to, or read, whatever politics both, you want to they're all Yeah, good. if anyone had done uh, Gone Girl in audio, and uh, a lot of feedback saying it, they had and it's great because it's dual narration. There's apparently the book is told from. Uh, was it Nick and Amy? Is that right? Yes. The main yeah, Nick and
1: Amy. Hey, look at that! <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. This is—it's kind of like Fifty Shades. Like you know it, even though you don't.
1: <laughs> it's in there. It's just—it's
0: uh, just in the cultural ether. Um, but it's dual narration. So there's a woman that narrates Amy's part, and there's a, a fella that narrates Nick's part. And it's apparently it's really good. And you know, we didn't talk about this on the show, but a trailer came out for Gone Girl yeah, over the last a couple, couple yeah. of weeks, and it looks fine. I'm interested. I have to yeah, say, yeah, I'm good. interested.
1: The and uh, they changed the ending. Gillian Flynn wrote a new ending for the movie. So if, he's, oh, that's right. if unlike Jeff, you have read Gone Girl, <laughs> you yeah. know how the story ends. We don't know how the movie is going to end yet, but that seems to be the big open question. The trailer looks good. Uh, I can't think of an actor more perfectly cast for the Nick role than Ben Affleck. Because um, the
0: shtick is like you want to like him, but you're also wondering about him. Like that's kind of yeah, the gig. Right, yeah, right. right. And that's a good one for him.
1: Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be great. So I think the real open question is, what's this what's new the ending going to be like? What happened to the story for the adaptation? It's kind of
0: genius from a marketing perspective because you get you kind of hook all the book people, right? Who yeah, who otherwise like who
1: are like because
0: oh. like if you've seen the you read the Help, right? Like, well, mm-hmm. you know how it ends, so you're just kind of seeing what they do with it. Where this is. You gotta go, especially because apparently the end pissed a lot of people off of the book. Yeah, yeah,
1: the ending of the book is contentious.
0: So, if maybe if you were contentious, you didn't like it, like maybe they're gonna give me what I want. Flynn herself rewrote the ending for the movie mm-hmm. so it's not some hack script doctor.
1: Yeah, and one that I've heard really great things about on audio that I loved in print um, and was really funny is Where'd You Go Bernadette by Maria oh, Semple. Oh, that's a
0: great, that's a funny book. Yeah, that'd be good for a road trip.
1: It would be, and like the text of the book is you know, there's emails and there are text messages and there are like journal entries and it switches narration a couple of times, and uh, I think. That's Just right. the voice of that book is so funny, and there's a you know like a caper and some commentary about what it's like to live in Seattle and where everyone works for Microsoft and drives a Volvo. Um, it's it's great. Uh, I I loved the reading experience, but I've heard I think Kit uh, from Kit Steinkelner, who's mm-hmm. one of our writers, I think she listened to Where You Go, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and said it was good. Said in
0: Portland, it's about a woman oh, right. who Portland, was not a Seattle. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a rising star architect that sort of disappeared and became. Domestic for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. and something like, happens later in her life where she, but like
1: really bad, at yeah, being bad, <laughs> bad
0: domestic, and then later in her life, um, sort of has a freak out. I guess you say and like the question is where did Bernadette go uh, <laughs> as an aptly name written by Maria right. Simple, who's written uh, I think a she TV yeah right d- Arrested, Arrested development, development. development one of the, one of the um, script writers for Arrested Development
1: so yeah, funny offbeat fun heartfelt yes yeah so thank you to Random House Audiobooks yes. for sponsoring the show um, again for info about their audiobooks and to get matched up with an audiobook that fits the time and the uh, the other stuff you're looking for you can go to tryaudiobooks.com, dot uh, get a free Download, uh, try out your first audiobook, or try out something new. Let us know if you do. We are both avid audiobook listeners, and would love to have your recommendations as well. How long as is it,
0: gone, girl? I need to see how long. What, what's my commitment?
1: Level it's for? like average novel. Four hundred and
0: thirty-two pages. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: It'll go. Quickly. That's like
0: fifteen hours on audio. I'm in the middle. Oh, I'm in the middle how, of Marvel: The Untold Story, and it's eighteen hours, which I like. But man, it's a lot. That's it's a, lot a lot of, lot of hours. Of,
1: has Michelle started the Hillary Clinton no, audiobook she hasn't. yet? That's like nine hundred and seventy-five. I think she's hours. waiting
0: for like a short stint in medium security prison to start that. <laughs> um, yeah, so
1: it's so long. It's
0: it's really long. Um, like the hard choice of the title is like whether or not to start listening to it. <laughs> um, you wanna. You want to talk about? Did cool, So and one then we'll was new living next, creepily living next door to a mockingbird. Is that the yes. title? That's the official yes, title. Yes, that's,
1: that's what it's called. Um, before I do the other new books, I just have to call out callmeishmail.com. Oh, sorry, it's, yeah, I talked. No, about that's that. Yeah, that's fine. It's the coolest thing that I've seen on the internet this week. Um, I think it's been around for a while. Jeff, you said you had seen it previously. Yes. So th- you go to callmeishmail.com, like you know Moby Dick. There's a phone number that you call. It answers an a, a voicemail line, and you leave a voicemail about a book you love and a story that you've lived and then they post them on the site and so you can listen to, they're short, you can listen to like a one and a half minute or a three minute thing of someone talking about when they read Cutting for Stone by Abraham Verghese and it says I'm on a plane, all of a sudden I hit a stretch of narrative narrative that just totally wrecks me and I start sobbing and I mean like complete shameless snot Hmm. flowing down my face kind of sobbing. Oh, there's some Um, sad
0: parts in that book. Oh oh man, man.
1: it's so good. That exact moment happened to me with um, the things they carried on an airplane mm. uh, like sobbing snot running all over the place um, but there's also you know one about the Sneeches and uh, a thing about pride and prejudice is there right now and you can listen to you know just normal people who love books who called in and took a couple of minutes to tell a story about a book that they loved uh, they post something new on the site pretty frequently and you could also call and tell them a story and end up on the site it's just this is just like a cool field, very cool. awesome books thing. Good job, Call Me Ishmael. That this balances the bad taste in my mouth. Good
0: job, Internet.
1: About creepy mockingbird stuff. Yeah, good job, Internet. This is why we have the Internet. Cool Gone things like Girl, this. Gone Girl
0: is nineteen hours.
1: Uh, not oh boy, all. you might just read it. I think maybe you just read it.
0: I don't. <laughs> you know, I've never figured that out. Like, how much slower is reading a book? I, I, I read about seventy pages an hour. Mm-hmm. Of fiction. So, really, so a, really, it should take me seven hours yeah. or so to finish it. If it's 400. Yeah, I find some myself pages.
1: averse to audiobooks in, where the hours are in the double digits. There's something. Nonfiction,
0: but fiction for some reason I can't – I'm not as good on audiobooks. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. We're in the middle of new books, and right. I'm just so off on books. idiosyncratic needs. Right.
1: <laughs> Tell me about your idiosyncratic needs, <laughs> yeah, right. Jeff.
0: I'm sure this is, uh, this is a riveting radio. So if
1: you are interested in figuring out exactly how creepy or not the Harper Lee – unauthorized biography is. That's called The Mockingbird Next Door. It's by Marja Mills. Uh, a thing we're really excited about this week that's out is Dirty Wings by Sarah McCary. Yes. Uh, she is relatively new to writing for us for Book Riot. She uh, also does all sorts of interesting publishing things. She's been a bookseller with our friends at Word before. Um, and this is uh, Dirty Wings is the her second book. It, it follows All Our Pretty Songs, uh, which was her debut last year. And it's a retelling of the Persephone myth. Um, she brings the uh, story of two women who are mothers in her first uh, in the first book and how their fates became intertwined but the book stands alone you don't need to have read mm-hmm. all our pretty songs in order to get into dirty wings and to appreciate the story there um, but all our pretty songs is also uh, a myth retelling i think it's a take on the orpheus story mm-hmm. so if um, modern feminist women focused like you know sort of awesome lady versions uh, of classic myths is a thing you're into or that you think you'd like to be into. You might check out all our pretty songs and the new one, dirty wings by Sarah McCary, uh, who woo, woo, we're glad to have uh, the rejectionist
0: on Twitter. She has an riot. excellent website. Rejectionist.com. She does. And she
1: has some cool publishing projects that yeah. um, are related to getting other she's work out into cool the world. She's, yeah. She's awesome.
0: Wait, we should, we gotta, we gotta make sure she doesn't find out how cool we are. <laughs> No one more?
1: One, Yeah, and the uh, the last one, this is my idiosyncratic pick there of the we week. Go. It's a book I just found out about, so I have not read yet. It's called The Removers. It's a memoir by Andrew Meredith. Uh, it's a coming-of-age story about a young man who, sort of after his father is fired from his job um, for allegations of sexual misconduct and his parents' marriage falls apart, um, Andrew and his father take side-by-side jobs as Uh, removers for a funeral home. It's their job to go to people's homes and pick up the bodies. And this is...
0: What? Wait a minute. Say
1: that again. Uh, When someone dies, someone from the funeral home has to go into the the person's house and pick up the body. So he and his father become removers and are working together uh, while... You know, he's really mad at his father for losing his job and mm-hmm. committing sexual misconduct that resulted in that and that the family fell apart. But they're going to work side by side as removers. And it's a making peace with life while handling death sort of thing. I'm fascinated by funeral industry stuff. Like it's one of my. You
0: are. Did, I don't did you know ever watch Six Feet Under? Did I you? watched
1: the first season, but I think I maybe just like missed the right window where the show mm. was going to ring my bells. But i That should I, have
0: itched all of your bells. <laughs>
1: <didn't> you? <laughs> Should have. Yeah. Uh, I just finished another memoir about this that doesn't come out until September uh, called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, Lessons from the Crematory um, by a young woman who worked in a couple of crematories in Southern California. Um, I've read a bunch of these. Heard, I don't know what it is that I find so fascinating about how our culture handles. Wait, you
0: mean you find death fascinating? That's <laughs> very Egyptian of you.
1: How we h- how the culture handles and ah, okay. talks or doesn't talk about death and what that means as, for us as a culture. Um, I find that really interesting. So people's stories and experiences working in funeral homes and thinking about that, uh, thinking about this thing that we prefer not to think about on a daily basis. I don't know. I think it's fascinating.
0: Great. I'm going to need another drink now. After that. <laughs> Sorry. That's our show.
1: That is our show.
0: Boy, for, for a slow news week, we sure threw a lot of words at it.
1: We we brought feelings where the news should go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, As always, you can find us um, on Twitter. I'm at Reading Ape. Uh, You are Rebecca Shinsky on Twitter. I am. S C H I N S. I always said S-K-Y. I got to think about it for a minute, but I usually get it right. Uh, you can shoot us an email if you got feedback, if we got something horribly wrong, or we delighted you beyond measure, you could let us know um, at, at com. You could leave us a review at iTunes. We love reviews. We do. Um, that's a great way for people to find out about the show. Uh, let's see. Show notes will be bookriot.com slash podcast. You can find links to all the books we talked about and all the stories we talked about and our great sponsors, 99 Designs. Go to 99 99des- Designs.com slash bookriot. That's nines, the numerable, N- numerables not spelled out. And uh, try audiobooks.com. That's Random House Audio. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. We'll be back. We will. We do, we do this every week. You get this every week. Maybe not quite so uh, vociferously, but we enjoyed doing the <laughs> I show. I know.
1: I'm always vociferous.
0: I'm always vociferous. Uh, thanks to you guys so much for listening. Rebecca, I'll talk to you next okay, time. Okay, bye. Bye bye.